Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. We are back. I don't think we're recording. We are recording. Oh, we're recording. I started, yeah, started <laughs> yeah. and then I put it on the document. All right. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, welcome to the Space But Messier podcast. My name is Tony. And I'm Joe. Uh, Joe is a guest host today. He was with us last time. He'll be joining us again today. Super stoked to be back. And if you guys are wondering, uh, Joe doesn't necessarily have a permanent position here. We're going to have a lot of different experts, a lot of different co-hosts offering yep. a lot of different things. Um, but Joe has a lot of cool topics that he's really excited about. And so yeah. am I. So we're going to do these together for a while. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we're talking about something right now that is really, really exciting, something we've been teasing for a while. We're finally doing our intro to quantum mechanics. Probably episode. one of many. Probably one of many. Yeah, yeah. So quantum mechanics turns out pretty complicated. Who knew? So uh, physics is hard, and quantum mechanics is the hard part of physics. Yes. So we're going to give you, uh, you know, I, I don't really have a great pulse on what's, well, I guess, okay, I consider myself general population, a little more on the researcher side of general yeah. population. And I really got in deep to this. So this may be too complicated. This may be just scratching the surface and not enough. So yeah. I'm actually kind of curious on what you guys think about it. But we've got some cool stuff. Yeah, let's dive in. So we, just to kind of give a heads up, if you've guys seen Endgame, then you will enjoy this episode. If you have not seen Endgame, that's okay. have I. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to give any spoilers. Yeah, they talk about uh, many worlds theory. They talk about quantum physics, but we're not going to give anything away. So yeah. uh, I, I've I'd seen be, it three times, so Tony's a little behind. But I'd be pissed, yeah. yeah. I just watched Ragnarok last night for the first time. Great I'm going one. through all of them. That's so. a great one. Cool. Um, so I guess... Um, we to jump into some news? Let's dive into the let's news. Let's dive into the news. In a world where weird signals are coming from a strange three-body star system. Nice. Um, so yeah, this, this is a news story. Uh, we are getting a weird signal from this weird uh, three-body star system. So once or twice a day, this strange object in the Milky Way kind of blinks or twinkles at us. No, not twinkle. It just diminishes and goes away yeah, for yeah, what sixteen hours. And so now that's been happening for a while. So yep. now we think we know why. So this object called NGTS seven uh, is um, to most telescopes looks like just a single star in the sky that blinks. Researchers at the University of Warwick in England uh, started watching it because it seemed to be emitting these flares. But now, when they look at it closer, they notice that the starlight actually dims briefly for 16.2 hours. So, no, they're not blinking at us. It's more like going into a long nap <laughs> every day. A 16-hour nap. I could get one of those. So when they zoomed in, they actually realized that there are actually two similarly sized stars in the system, and only one of them is dimming briefly. So not both of them, but just one of them, suggesting that there's something super dark and super big uh, orbiting just uh, kind of ab above it. Yeah. So um, in a recent paper that was published, um, they finally figured out they think it's a brown dwarf that's orbiting one of the stars uh, in an orbit so tight that it takes only 16 hours to complete its orbit. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, we take wow. 365 days. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what that is. Yeah. If I we ever, I mean, we will. I mean, we may not. You and I. But humanity may. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll just jump right into the next one. Yeah. Um, so I think we talked about last week the ability that we're going to be able to name planets. Well, yeah. it doesn't end there. We can also name the 2020 rover, Mars 2020 rover. NASA is having a um, another contest, a naming contest. Um, 
this fall, the space agency will ask K through 12 students, which means we can't do it, sadly. But you can still be involved. Yes. Yeah. Just like Tony, you can apply to be a uh, a judge yeah. for the name. So you can Super you cool. can either crush or make the dreams of kids come true. Wow. One or the other. Dang. You'll crush a lot of kids, but you'll make one kid's dream come true. So. Just like how Hella crushed Thor's hammer in Ragnarok. Exactly. That was crazy. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that is a spoiler. If that for sure Ragnarok. is. But, that but if you haven't seen out. Ragnarok, then you have other issues. Okay. Tim. I mean, you saw it last night, but hey, <laughs> okay. I had other issues, and now I don't. <laughs> now they're fixed. Okay. Cool. Um, cool. But that's actually really, really cool. So this, I came across this. Joe, came, we came across it separately, but I was seeing the other night how they're asking K through twelve to name it. But as a citizen, not as a scientist, you can go on to be a judge and actually root for them. So cool. They anticipate it'll be about five hours of work to sift through all of them that you're assigned. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Uh, so you can apply online. I'll include a link in the blog post for this episode if you'd like to do that. Yeah, cool. Lastly, um, our last one we have is China launches. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna try to say this. They do. They do. They do. We'll try they do. I mean, it's, yeah, satellite for global navigation systems. So. Um, at uh, On Monday at 2.09 p.m., China launched the satellite, which is one of 27, which is going to go up and orbit in different um, positions around Earth. And it is going to be for um, a global global navigation system. So Dude, Don't we already have that, though? I, you know, I think we don't. Oh, we don't have, like, one system I don't think we have global. one global, yeah. Like, uh-huh. I don't think you could take your Garmin anywhere in the world and have it work. I could be totally off. Huh. But it's not just used for that. Um, it says that it's also going to be used with, obviously, um, the navigation par- part of it, um, and then also going to be used for public security, which kind of mm. sounds a little scary. A little... Uh, I have nothing to hide. Yeah, that's true. Me neither, maybe. Um, transportation, which we already talked about. Fishing, power, forestry, and disaster reduction. Oh, cool. Which could be really cool. And then also the construction of smart cities, which... And spying on other countries. But mostly yeah, and spying on other countries. <laughs> that's they didn't, cool. They didn't say that in the report. So yeah. we, we apologize in advance, but so Joe and I naturally talk fairly quickly. Yes. We don't want to seem like we're in a rush, but passion projects like this podcast, they're hard to do. They are. Um, they're hard to make time for. You know, I'm currently trying to make my condo livable. Mm-hmm. Every day after work, I go to my condo, I paint a room, I paint a ceiling, I install a kitchen. We had to pour concrete on the floor to make it level. Like there's always something to do. And uh, we just found out we're pregnant again, which is really, really exciting. There's always something. And if you work a full-time job like us, making this happen is hard. So Joe and I happen to work together. We're on our lunch break right Mm -hmm. now. So we have plenty of time for a full-length episode, but we also feel like we're on the clock with this. So if if we're talking too fast, we apologize. You can go in right now and go to the settings and just put it down to like 0.8 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like slow this down. Um, Or if you want us to sound drunk, Put us at 0.5 speed. Yeah. We did this to our boss the other day, and he sounded drunk, and it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that sounds fun. Yeah. Anyway, if you have a lot of time, to kill. So let's let's talk quantum physics. Let's talk it. So what what is quantum physics? Like, it's this huge. You know, I think the the um, <laughs> the first time I ever came in contact with quantum mechanics was I was watching Boy Meets World. Oh. Years ago. Okay. And Corey, I think what. He came in contact with like the quantum mechanics professor, and they were making fun of it because the pre- professor spoke a different language. He spoke in quantum like mechanics, okay. and he was like, "Wow, that sounds like the most confusing class ever." When in reality, it was just like a, um, not a metaphor, an over exaggeration for how it's just super confusing. Yeah. and I was like, "Wow, quantum mechanics sounds impossible." And then I started getting interested in physics, and it was like, "Oh, 
It's not impossible. Mm -hmm. It's very, very hard, but it's, it's, it's simple. The concept is rather simple. So right. quantum mechanics is the branch of physics relating to the very, very small. So uh, classical physics, which is just physics in our world, um, these problems and solutions, they cease to be relevant the, um, at the quantum level. So classical physics, which we'll use to determine, uh, you know, normal physics, is used to predict the future. So, you know, when a ladder is leaning against a wall and you want to know how much weight you can put on that ladder before it falls, you take into consideration the friction of the ladder, the friction of the ground, the weight of the body, the angle at which it's falling, the wall in which it's on, the angle at which the ladder is, all these things. You can yeah. correctly predict the exact weight in which that will happen in the future every time. That's pretty cool. Now, the quantum realm includes particles at the atomic level, and it follows its own laws of physics, or quantum physics. Um, so this includes like electrons and neutrons, protons, electromagnetic fields, and because their behavior is not predictable, like a ladder against a wall, quantum physics works primarily in probabilities. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go a little bit deeper into what it is, and then we're gonna get into some cool endgame stuff. Yeah. Um, so quantum mechanics was created and discovered over many decades. It began as a set of like mathematical outcomes of experiments um, that the math of classical physics could not explain. So beginning in uh, the early 1900s, around the same time Albert Einstein published his theory on relativity. Um, okay, well, relativity was a completely separate mathematical revolution in physics. So this described the motion of things at high speeds and time travel and things like that. Um, well, I guess, you know what? Okay, so in order to understand quantum mechanics, we're going to dive into this idea of relativity real quick because it really, really helps. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go a little bit into what the movie says about it. Yeah. Too. So if you like Avengers. If you like Avengers. Because I do. Because we all do. Um, so according to Einstein's theory of special relativity, forward time tra travel could be relatively easy. Um, all you need to do is move close to the speed of light, and you could theoretically travel millions or billions of years in the future. Sorry, sorry. I, <laughs> I put my hand up because I had an idea, a thought. So like if you travel, you can travel forward because an instance of you has not existed in that time yet. Right. And that, that would be the new instance of you existing. Yeah. Okay. So it follows, it follows so, what? So what about if you travel back in time? So backwards in time is where the inconsistencies happen. And I know that you guys are thinking, they were talking about quantum, now they're talking about time travel. Bear with us. Yeah. It all relates. It all relates. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the biggest argument against um, backwards time travel First of all, not even knowing how to do it yet. But the biggest argument is the grandfather paradox. If you guys haven't heard of this, it's basically saying if you were to go back in time, um, figure out a way to do that and kill your grandfather, technically you would have never been born. Technically, kill your grandfather before your parents were conceived. Yes, yes. not just like not just because you don't like him. I'm gonna go back to yesterday and kill my yeah. old man. No. <laughs> no, so yeah, if you were to go, you know, when your grandfather was a child, or, or it's an adult. I don't want props to, to my grandfather. It's his birthday today, June 26th. Hey, so. happy, birthday. happy birthday, Papa. Hey, birthday, Papa. He doesn't listen to this. He doesn't know what a podcast is. Well, but... happy birthday. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's yeah, if you were to go back and, and, and kill, I know that's a horrible way to say murder, it, murder, <laughs> murder your grandfather. Yes. You would technically never have existed. Therefore, you would have never been able to go back in time and murder your grandfather. So it's impossible to go back in time and murder your grandfather because the laws of physics would not allow you to. Yes, but there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's but more. wait, there's so, more. So, okay. The, one of the theories, I, I don't know, we probably jump into this late, um, later, but one of the theories to kind of 
um, allow for this is the many worlds theory. We'll probably get into that in a bit, but it's yeah. saying that if you were to go and kill your grandfather, it wouldn't necessarily mean that you were never able to do that. What it would do is create a an alternate an alternate universe where you don't exist. So this is also, yeah, there's a lot of names for this theory. Um, many worlds theory is I think what they call it in Endgame, right? Yes, they, yeah. they address the many worlds theory. Yeah, so it's also, yeah, okay, uh, the multiverse theory, things like that. It's also very, very close to it. So you could go back and kill your grandfather, but it would not affect the reality from which you're from. Yes. It would branch off into a separate dimension or universe or whatever. Yes. I personally have not done a lot of research on the multiverse theory or the many worlds theory, so I cannot speak to what I even think about that. But it sounds fun. It's and ridiculous. And crazy. At the same time. Yes. Um, okay, so how does... So Endgame. Yes. So they address it as being in a line with this many worlds theory. Correct. They don't actually really go into this until... I mean, they do, but the... Uh, I forget what her name is. She's from um, the Doctor Strange universe. She's the the girl, the like head lady. Have you seen Doctor Strange? Yet? Oh, yeah, the bald lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, her name? I she, don't know. She's got a short name, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, no, it's like something cool. It's like Grand Enchantress or something weird. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, she, I know this. I know this. I just watched Ragnarok. It's the, uh, shoot. Oh, what is You it? know what I'm talking about, right? It's like. I don't want to look it up because I don't want to like look up spoilers. Chief uh, Enforcer. Um, oh, man. What's it called? We'll, Guys, we'll we're continue pausing. We're pausing. Yeah, I'm just going to look Google this real quick. IMDB. What is it's like a cool name. Because in Ragnarok, Thor's like, who are you, wizard? And he was like, I prefer blah, 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 yeah. blah. Cause like they they get that name once they become the the that, what's that lady? What's her name? It's uh, um. Let's see. Sorry guys, we're pausing. Sorry, we can. Oh wait, you're not. Tell us what the ancient one. The ancient that's one. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. That's nothing close to what that's... I was thinking. Okay. Grand Enchantress, ancient one, same thing. Um, so she, without giving out spoilers, she is the one that really addresses this many worlds theory. She says, you know, if you were to take a stone out of this reality, and it would. Your reality might be saved, but this alternate reality that is now... She, to use the example of a straight line is our reality. If you were to change, go back in time and change something from that reality, you would create a line branched off of that that would now be a completely different universe, completely different reality, most likely a lot more um, distraught and in turmoil because you've now changed yeah. something important from it. There's a small-scale application of that, which is the butterfly effect. Yeah. Like if you kill a butterfly, what ramifications could it cause? Like the littlest thing. The littlest thing. What it could do, Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a pretty big thing because it's it's uh, the uh, time stone, I think it is, in this one. Yeah. Sure, it's got to be. If it's Doctor Strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is a time stone. Um, um, I know yeah. nothing of stones. I know that there's a mind stone on Vision's head. That's the only stone I've ever seen in the series Oh, so that's far. the only place you're at now? Yeah. Ooh, so I have to watch of... Black Panther next. Okay. And that then... doesn't deal too much with stones. No, but after Black Panther, it's Infinity War, oh my which I'm assuming I get a lot of clarity. Oh, yeah. I just watched Ultron. That was very fun. I liked that See, one. See, I was a huge fan of Ultron. I, I, I think... Oh, it was entertaining. It was oh, it's so very fun entertaining. to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Ragnarok was amazing. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy meets Thor. It's oh, yeah. Fantastic. And they had Immigrant Song with Thor yeah. as Hammer. Like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And then it's like... Oh, man. Yeah. It's too good. The lyrics. Okay, anyway. Yeah. So this may not be obvious how it relates. I promise it helps us understand the quantum realm. So yeah. let's dive back into quantum mechanics. Now that we've kind of got that under our belt, let's talk about exactly what it is i'm planning on doing more episode, episodes yeah, on quantum you have to mechanics this is mostly like people say quantum mechanics what is it what yeah. is it so we told you quantum mechanics is the, basically the set of laws that govern um things at the atomic scale and they right basically all operate 
improbabilities. Correct. Yeah. So according to quantum mechanics, atomic particles are more like indistinct waves of probability. So this means we can never know exactly where a particle is and what direction it's moving. All we can do is calculate the probability of it being in a certain place. Now we're gonna dive into this in this episode, but it's like if you had a bouncy ball in outer space that was in a box much larger than its size, how can you tell me using the laws of physics in a vacuum, there's no gravity, where the ball is in the box? All probabilistic. You Probab probabilistic. Yes. You cannot. Can't, yeah. You can't. And just like, um, oh, anyway, we'll get into this. So, uh, David Dutch, 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 be careful. D E U D E U T C S C H. Dutch. I think it's Dutch. Because Dutch is awfully close. Maybe it is Dutch. The, the hmm. E is silent. There's a guy named David. He was a British physicist whose theories, uh, they're, they're mentioned in Endgame. So he combines the many worlds theory with the knowledge of the behavior of atomic particles in order to debunk the grandfather theory. So um, because you have to calculate the whereabouts of an atomic particle probabilistically. That's what I was trying to get. Probabilistically. <laughs> probabilistically. <laughs> David, <laughs> I don't want to call him by his last name because I can't. <laughs> um, he argues the same is true for time travel. So if someone were to travel back in time there's only a slight probability that they would do something to affect their future. And the very fact that they themselves are going back in time and emerging in the future is proof that the probability of them actually killing their grandfather is almost zero. So if we decide not to do many worlds theory, if it's not many worlds, if we're in the same world, One universe. and we'll say God, the creator, the laws of physics, whatever you bow to, mm -hmm. if you're allowed to go back in time, then that would mean that you are always allowed to go back in time, which means you cannot do anything that will stop your grandfather from creating your dad, from creating you, to allow you to get to this moment. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. Really cool. Kind of reminds me of, did you ever see the show 116, oh shoot, 112263, I think you believe it was called? With the, Out of all the random number combinations <laughs> I can think of? It's a date, it's a date that I haven't JFK seen that. was assassinated. And oh. so basically a guy goes back in time to try to stop the assassination, but because it's already happened, the past like won't let him. It's stopping oh. him. Like every time he tries to do something to do it, it won't let him because. Hmm. So I, I don't know. That was kind of interesting. It kind of holds up to the same thing, where even if you wanted to, kind of like it. how Thor totally kicked the Hulk butt in the arena, and this weird guy wouldn't let him. The grand, the grandmaster. The grandmaster, yeah. which is also one of the best actors of all time. It's also nothing like that, but I just but I'm it's excited also, about Ragnarok because I literally watched it hyped like up on ten Ragnarok hours right now. Um, okay, so how does the movie hold up? Okay, so I will tell you. So, um, obviously, movies are Hollywoodized and... Hollywoodized. Hollywoodized. Look it up, everyone. That's a 2019. Word. Made it up. Word of the year. Um, and things are exaggerated, and the science is never spot on with time travel because we... Hollywoozed? Hollywoozed. This, Holly, this movie is Hollywoozed to the max. <laughs> um, but some of the words, and like I said, some of the words and terminology are there for effect. However, the science move used in the movie very closely adheres to current high-level theories regarding time travel. If you also want to know about current high-level theories regarding time travel, watch Interstellar. Do yourself oh a freaking gosh, favor dude. and watch Interstellar. Yourself a favor. <sighs> okay. So yep. now that we know about relativity and how it touches the quantum realm in Endgame, let's again return to mechanics. I forgot that we had a little more to say there. So yep. like we said before, the origins can't be attributed to one guy. So a lot of people... Um, a lot of scientists contributed to three specific principles that gradually gained 
uh, experimental verification between like 1900 and like 1930. Yeah. That's kind of when this most of the work was done. So there are three three basic prop, uh, properties or principles. There's quantized properties. There's particles of light and waves of matter. All very weird. Mm -hmm. um, those are backwards if you haven't noticed. Typically light waves and matter particles, but in the quantum realm, they also behave as the opposite. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into it. Yeah. So certain properties, such as like position and somebody's speed and color, can sometimes only occur in specific set amounts. I'll dive into that. So it's it's like a dial that clicks from one number to the next without hitting all the numbers in between. So this challenged like a fundamental assumption in classical mechanics, which said that a lot of these properties should exist on a smooth continuous spectrum. Um, so similar, so if you're saying, if you're describing somebody's position and you are walking, that means your position is gradually changing. It's okay. gradual on this infinite spectrum of measurability, you're gradually moving. Uh, or speed, you know, your speed should always be calculatable on this infinite scale of numbers with decimals and everything like that. And color should be the same. It should be a rainbow spectrum, you know, okay. like that. However, to describe the idea that some properties clicked or didn't have an in-between is what I like to call it. Um, scientists coined the word quantized. So the fact that it's, you can think of like um, when something is quantitative, that means you're collecting data, very specific okay. sets. You can use that root word quantized to say that things occur in very specific sets, not as a spectrum. Does that make sense? Interesting, okay. Yeah. So that's one of the principles of quantum mechanics. Now okay. we could do a whole episode on that, but let's just leave, that's Principle number one. Okay. Principle number two. Particles of light. Is that, yeah, light can behave as particles. So initially, when you think of a wave or a, a light, you think of light traveling, um, you know, light will hit us and reflect us or absorbed through us um, as a wave. Now, light can also behave as a particle. Now, this is a more well-known discovery in quantum mechanics, um, so we'll touch on it a little bit. Um, it was initially met with some harsh criticism, uh, contrary to, of course, the 200 years of experiments showing that it behaved as a wave, um, like the ripples on a lake or something like that. Um, in 1905, Einstein published a paper concerning an heuristic, Heuristic. wow, H-E-U-R-I-S-T-I-C. We, we give you a disclaimer, we're not scientists yeah, here, nope. we're students, um, concerning a heuristic point uh, a view towards the emission and transformation of light. So in that, he envisioned light traveling not as a wave, but as some manner of energy quanta. So this quanta, this kind of um, like packet or amount of energy could be absorbed or generated only as a whole unit. So specifically, like when an atom jumps between quantized vibration rates. So like, um, for instance, if you've studied, I did do this in what chemistry? Is it? I don't remember. And you study electrons and stuff like that. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, I know you study it in physics. You but do like, it kind of. In so when, when a, um, when a, in a, the atomic model, when an electron is on one level and it jumps to the next electron level, that means it's given energy. Right. Um, and that's fine. That's an that's an absorption of light or energy. When it falls down a level it emits energy. There's no in-between, right? It goes from one to the other. This, yeah. That packet of energy that it gives or receives is a quanta. 
Okay. Okay. That's, that's like this. There's no in between stages there, um, and so that's when he realized that that lack of in between, that jump, can make light act as a particle. Okay. Dang, I'm learning all this for the first time. Yeah. So this, this is, is cool. I'm sorry. I'm not. You know, we we have a outline we like to to do, but I we did a lot of research, and I'm if you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. It's really exciting. The principles are awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So the new one, the one that I thought was most uh, exciting was that matter can actually act as a wave. Dang. Yeah, dude. What? So not the waves in the ocean, but matter can behave, the particles of matter can behave as a wave. So this also ran counter to the roughly 30 years of experiments showing that matter, such as electrons, um, existed as just so they're basically particles. swapping it like yeah. light can go as particles yeah in, matter can in go the as quantum waves. realm everything is backwards Interesting. everything so since the discovery of the electron in an 1800s 1890s i believe evidence that all matter existed in the form of particles was slowly building so still the demonstration of light we call this um wave particle duality um the demonstration that that light had this wave particle duality um, which means that it has uh, both, uh, it can behave both as a wave and a particle, made scientists question whether the matter was limited to acting only as particles. Um, so perhaps wave-particle duality could ring true for matter as well. The first scientists to make a substantial headway, and I, I, we're going to get into this, uh, some really cool discoveries coming up. I, I wasn't going to include all this, but there's also really familiar names that you've heard of that you're going to be able to say, oh, that's where that guy is from. Okay. So that's why I include a lot yeah, of this. Yeah. Not the next name, but the ones after. Okay, cool. <laughs> I've never heard of the next name. Um, the first scientist to make substantial headway um, was French physicist um, Louis or Louise Louis Louis, Louis. Louis. De, de Broglie. Broglie. De you Broglie. Heard, you even heard of him? No. Oh man. How do you pronounce it? Oh man, I think he invented Louis de Broglie. Calzones. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, okay, so in 1924, de Broglie or de Broglie, I really Ooh, apologize. That's probably what it is. It's French. That's probably what it is. De Broglie. Yeah. Um, you see these physics majors that are listening are just rolling their eyes. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, de Broglie used the equations of Einstein's theory of special relativity to show that particles can exhibit wave-like characteristics and that waves can exhibit um, particle-like exhibits. So in 1925, two scientists working independently and using separate lines of math mathematical thinking um, applied de Broglie's reasoning to explain how electrons whizzed around atoms. So... Um, Currently, well, at that stage, it was a phenomenon that was not explainable using classical physics. Could not figure it out. Okay. So, in Germany, physicist Werner Heisenberg, yep, uh, he, accomplished mis he accomplished this by developing uh, matrix mechanics. And then Austrian physicist Erwin Schrodinger developed a similar theory called wave mechanics. So, you've heard of Heisenberg. He's the, yes. uh, the guy from Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, that's right. Yeah. And you've heard of Schrodinger from Schrodinger's cat, right? Uh, this very similar to, okay, it's very similar to quantum theory. Like I just told you the particle in a box. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so if you're in a vacuum, which means that you don't have gravity or any forces acting on you, and you put a cat in a box, mm -hmm. is it alive or dead? It, I would assume dead. Do you know? No, I don't. Then it's both. Uh -huh. You have to assume it's both. So you that's cannot, Schrodinger's, that's yes. his. Okay. Yeah, that's a very, very blanketed version of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But you cannot make experimental assumptions or you can't make actions off of the assumption that it's one or the other interesting. you have to continue with your experiments as if it's both interesting okay cool the correct answer is that the box if it doesn't have holes it, the cat's dead yeah but you haven't seen it it's you just like in uh what is it um what do we always what's that show man what was oh shoot i'm really totally brain farting here 
Big Bang Theory. Oh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> in Game of Thrones, if you don't see somebody die on the screen, you have no idea. You can basically assume that they're still alive. Right. Right. Okay. Great. Very good. Game of Thrones Schrodinger's like cat that. reference there. So that's great. So um, right. These two guys. Uh, so Schrodinger showed that um, these two approaches uh, were were equivalent. So the Heisenberg-Schrodinger model of an atom in which each electron acts as a wave or sometimes referred to as a, like a cloud of electrons around a nucleus of an atom replaced its previous model. So one stipulation of the new model was um, that the ends of the wave that form an electron must meet. So that's, it's very okay. specific, but that's just one of the things. So um, one of the quotes that's attributed to Melvin Hanna in this, he's a, well, he's just a, he's an author of a quantum mechanics textbook, is that the imposition of the boundary um, or the imposition of the boundary conditions has restricted the energy to discrete values. So a consequence of all this is that only whole numbers of crests and troughs in the wave are allowed, hmm. which explains why it can be quantized. That term, quantized. The dial. The dial, clicking. meaning that they behave as particles, mm -hmm. not as a spectrum like a wave. So in the Heisenberg-Schrodinger model of an atom, electrons obey a wave function and they, they occupy orbitals rather than orbits. So an orbit, like a, you know, um, an orbit like the what the planets do yeah. as an orbit, an orbital is like just circling in like a cloud. So um, atomic orbitals have a variety of shapes from spheres to dumbbells to like daisies, literally oh. crazy. Uh, these shapes are of beautiful. orbitals are crazy. So that's why it's both the matter of an electron can be both quantized and um, satisfy this um, spectrum or this cloud or not quantized in its path. Wow. In its energy, it's quantized, but in its path, it's um, very fluid. Dang. Really That's cool. That's a lot to take in. That's awesome, though. Really cool. <laughs> so then the last bit that kind of ties this together, which you may have heard of, is the uncertainty principle. So also, in 1927, Heisenberg was pretty busy. He made another major contribution to quantum physics. He reasoned that since matter acts as waves, um, such property or some properties such as um, the electron's position and speed are complementary, meaning that there's uh, like a limit to how well um, the precision of each property can be known, which is why we say that it can only be um, speculated in probabilities. So um, this would um, be known under what would be called Heisenberg. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, but it was reasoned that the more precisely an electron's position is known, the less precisely its speed can be known and vice versa. So this uncertainty principle applies to everyday objects as well. Um, it's not just noticeable um, to the extremely tiny and quantum realm. So um, for instance, if a baseball speed is known within a precision of 0.1 miles per hour, okay then the maximum precision of which it's possible to know its position in that exact moment oh my gosh is 0.0000000000000000000000000000000000000008 millimeters i think i was plus or minus two zeros on the exact i want to say minus i think it was more than that but that's ridiculous. That's a lot of zeros. So you so, basically get one or the other. Joe, what have you learned? Wow. Well, it's I'm I, it's a lot. You don't have to do a full recap. It's but like, a lot. Dang. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, I think it was cool to like you said to see those different scientists kind of like 
yeah. names we've heard in other in other realms. Right, because you know you watch quantum. Lost and you have like Locke and Faraday and these names, oh, yeah. and you're like, man, I gotta look those guys up. And you look them up, and you're like, these guys were oh, awesome. They were actually people. And then Elon Musk comes out with Tesla, and you're like, I gotta look that guy up. And Tesla was awesome. And, yes. Um, have you seen the Tesla in a the Tesla coil in Griffith Observatory. Yeah, it's cool. It's freaking dope. Um, so yeah, so Heisenberg, you look that up um, after watching Breaking Bad and probably not a ton of information. Yeah. So really cool. Yeah, it's super cool. It's crazy to think that it's all, or most of quantum mechanics is probabilities. Yeah, yeah. We, we can well, so, almost calculate. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, to wrap it all up, Yeah. Have you guys seen the theory, or you've heard of the theory of everything? That movie about Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Stephen Hawking was trying to do this. He was trying to find one theory that applied both to classical physics, um, for this physical realm that we live in, and the quantum realm. Because both realms exist with different laws of physics, the theory of everything is something that scientists are constantly searching for. One theory that explains and applies to both. To both. Because the motion of planetary bodies, that law does not apply to the motion of electrons' orbits around uh, a nucleus. Right. But it'd be awesome if we had one. Is it? Is that possible? I mean, I don't. I don't know. Who knows if we ever will? Um, yeah. So that's something that this generation will get closer to finding. Yeah. Which is really exciting. Yeah. Very cool. That's it, guys. That's, that's quantum mechanics. That I learned a lot. It is one. Most of my research had to do with the movie, so that was fun that was fun and honestly my research was really really fun too i didn't know any of that yeah um that's awesome and so i got this book for adelaide my oh, daughter man. for uh, her birthday it was she turns one this friday and it's um quantum mechanics for babies and it literally says it has like 10 pages to page one is this is an, an atom atoms make up your body atoms consist of a nucleus and an electron for the most part right Electrons orbit around this nucleus. Now, when this electron receives energy, it gains a level. When it loses energy, it travels down a level. Okay. This release of energy is called a quanta. And that's, that's just that's intro to quantum mechanics for babies. I like it. I you know Even I was a I little I was that. a little let down, but. It's for babies. Oh, that's as far so as it goes? That's as far as it goes, okay. yeah. <laughs> right on. Um, but if you understand that that is called a quanta, that gets you terminology half the way there. Yeah. Anyway. Um, there's so many more that, there's so much more that I remember I seeing that it, like the, the, I think it's a Mobius strip. I don't know if you saw anything like that. I'm going to be flat. I'm going to be transparent here. I've never heard of that. If, I, if I'm saying it right, I think it's Mobius strip. It's kind of what they address in the movie as well. And it's just kind of the. Um, You're like, oh yeah, when all the Avengers die. This yeah, when everybody dies and Thanos <laughs> reigns supreme. Um, he, no, but I haven't the, seen it. That's not a real spoiler. Yeah, that's not real. Um, but it's, it's kind of like a, it's the strip. Um, it's kind of similar to, I think they, I think they address it in Stranger Things. I'm not sure. So it's kind of like if there's a plane and then you were to have a, a, a break in the space time continuum. Okay. You'd have to have two breaks and then it would basically create this loop that would oh. come, go through and come back. And so it would basically, I'm trying to remember exactly. So kind of like how in Ragnarok. How <laughs> everything when is he Ragnarok. was at the arena and he was talking to that really funny guy with the accent oh, made Kork. of rocks, Kork. Kork. made of rocks, 
And he traveled around in a circle around that arena. And it just kept going. It was a time loop. Exactly. Got it. So Ragnarok what, is everything. If I understand the Mo- Mobius, Mo- Mobius strip correctly, um, what's his face? Uh, David Dooch? Dooch. Dooch. We'll call him Dooch. Dooch. He used that, the, the Mobius strip theory to, um, to explain why if you, to, to go against the grandfather theory. Correct. So he, you know, if you go, if you break this and make this loop, now in this loop, your grandfather may be dead, but in this path, this straight path, grandfather's still kicking it. Got it. If I, if I understand it correctly, you, I could be wrong. Please call me out if I am. I but, don't think that it applies if it's the loop. I think it applies if it's many worlds. If it's the many worlds. Okay. Yeah, so the loop would keep you in the same if it's a loop you would not be able to exit it that would be this. oh okay that's interesting too so I, yeah an episode on so that? i definitely need to tell that in the more i just i when i was researching the end game i just like kind of brushed, brushed that and that. it looked really cool i don't know too much about it also i need to clear something up real quick from last week oh okay. i when i was talking about my grandfather i was very nervous to do my first podcast and I said he worked on the Orion space missions, which are not a thing. <laughs> and <laughs> as soon as I listened to the episode, I was like, are you kidding me? He worked on the Apollo missions, everybody. Okay. Way cooler than the things that don't exist, the Orion space missions. <laughs> so, you know, our credibility score went way down, way down because we measure that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm sure it'll go way up. Okay, cool. That was a close one. Um, everyone, thank you so much for listening once again. Uh, if you want to support us, hit us up on patreon.com slash space If you want to follow us, we're on Instagram. Twitter is dead. And um, <laughs> <laughs> if you want some swag, we've updated the store with some new stuff that's oh, really cool. So um, thanks so much for supporting us and listening. And we'll see you in a couple weeks with some more awesome stuff. Awesome. Thank you for... Uh, ooh, well, what did I do there? I totally bunched it up. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us as we set sail for... I totally botched that one. Have a great day, everyone. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, Tranquility. We copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. That was definitely an e-ticket.